Hello and welcome to the South Carolina Lead. I'm your host, Gavin Jackson, and this episode was recorded on December 2nd, 2022 from A.T. Shire's home in Columbia. Just so you know, some of the information in this podcast may have changed by the time you've heard it. This episode features a look at the potential Democratic presidential nomination calendar and what it will look like in 2024. Hint, South Carolina is going to be the new Iowa, just without the caucus chaos. We hear from former Governor Nikki Haley about her plans for 2024 and her takeaways from the midterms. In business, we have fresh national unemployment data that's good. But also bad? We explain. And in medical, Tut Underwood talks to experts about whether the pandemic is over yet. Also, we want to hear your stories, folks. That's why we got a voicemail box set up to hear about your daily life in these more certain times. Let us know how you're doing, 803-563-7169. It's the holiday season, so make sure you tell us what you're doing during this time of gathering, of joy, of light, and peace and harmony. Uh, Here at The Lead, we love hearing from you. That's the best present you can give The Lead. Unless you want to become an ETV Endowment member, you can also do that too. One's free, one costs as low as $40. But what we're asking for right now is just a quick call. One, three minute long call, one, two, three minutes, doesn't matter. 803-563-7169. Now for the latest in South Carolina. Currently the spread of COVID-19 is low according to county level data from the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. For the week ending November 26, there were 2,960 COVID cases reported to DHEC and eight deaths. Cases rose by 5% week over week while deaths fell 53%. On average, 221 South Carolinians were hospitalized with COVID-19 last week. 31 were in intensive care and 11 were on ventilators. Currently, 53.6% of eligible South Carolinians are fully vaccinated from COVID and 21.2% have received a flu shot, according to DHEC. If you think next year's 2023, well, I'm going to start gaslighting you right now. It's 2024, folks. That's right. The midterms are over. So all we're going to be talking about from now on is 2024. That's right. So mark your calendars because South Carolina is set to be the first state to lead off the Democratic presidential primary calendar on February 6, 2024. Which, if President Joe Biden runs for re-election again, as expected, will get confirmation after the holidays. But it won't mean too much because... He'll be the one running. But if a proposal is approved and becomes the new format, then in 2028, possibly, well, God help us, South Carolina will be the Iowa of the South. But all the good parts of Iowa. Wait. Wait. No, better than Iowa. The move to usurp Iowa, which has led off the Democratic nomination process since the late 1970s, was proposed on Friday during the Democratic National Committee's Rules and Bylaws Committee meeting to determine the 2024 schedule. President Biden told Democratic leaders that he wants to see South Carolina go first. He also sent a letter to the rules-making committee for the party on Thursday that, while it didn't specifically mention which states should go where, the five principles he mentioned made it pretty clear which state he'd like to see first. For example, Biden writes, quote, For decades, black voters in particular have been the backbone of the Democratic Party, but have been pushed to the back of the early primary process. 
We rely on these voters in elections, but have not recognized their importance in our nominating calendar. It is time to stop taking these voters for granted and time to give them a louder and earlier voice in the process, quote. As you remember, Biden's 2020 presidential campaign got a huge shot in the arm with his South Carolina primary blowout, thanks to the diverse Democratic electorate that propelled him into Super Tuesday. Also, Congressman Jim Clyburn's endorsement didn't hurt. This followed a disastrous Iowa caucus process where attempts to technologically modernize the archaic process in the predominantly white state caused complete chaos. Another predominantly white state, New Hampshire, asserts that it must be the first primary state as it's enshrined in state law and has been since 1920. The New Hampshire Democratic Party and other officials say they will just move up their primary regardless of any new calendar. But the DNC chair, Jamie Harrison of South Carolina, has been given broad powers and could choose not to count those delegates if the state does so outside of the proposed calendar, which right now would put New Hampshire and Nevada on the same day a week after South Carolina, then Georgia, and then Michigan in the subsequent two weeks. That's what February 2024 is going to look like. As for 2028 and beyond, Biden said the Rules and Bylaws Committee should review the calendar every four years to ensure that it continues to reflect the values and diversity of our party and our country. Now, as of our taping, the proposal was still being debated and hadn't been adopted as is expected. The calendar will still need final approval by the entire DNC in February. The current nominating calendar of Iowa, New Hampshire, Nevada, and South Carolina has been in place since 2008. The Republican Party will be following that order for 2024. So rest assured, we'll be busy. Speaking of Republicans and the 2024 nominating calendar... Nikki Haley, the former governor and U.S. ambassador to the United Nations, spoke at a Turning Point USA event at Clemson University on Tuesday, where she said this about whether she's going to jump in the 2024 race. Well, we are taking the holidays to kind of look at what the situation is, but I have said I've never lost a race. I'm not going to start now. If we decide to get into it, we'll put a thousand percent in and we'll finish it. Sorry about the audio there, folks. There was no malt box, so we had to rely on our microphones picking up audio from the speakers. Nice and roomy, huh? And nevertheless, this line about thinking over the holidays has become Haley's line recently as she has pivoted from her stance in April 2021 when she said she wouldn't run and would support former President Donald Trump if he jumped in the race, which he did on November 15th. Here's the audio from April 2021. I would not run if President Trump ran. And I would talk to him about it. You know, I mean, that's something that we'll have a conversation about at some point if that decision is something that has to be made. It's not clear if they've had those conversations yet. Now, the Clemson event started off with the playing of a five-minute-long hype video highlighting Haley's time as governor, ambassador, and recently on the campaign trail for dozens of candidates. And then Haley gave opening remarks as her fellow Tigers licked their wounds days after the University of South Carolina win. So just know that while sometimes we have losses in Death Valley and sometimes we have losses in the midterms, it doesn't always have to be that way. The most important thing we can do is keep our head up, keep fighting, keep our eye on the ball, and know that we are part of the solution. But Haley also spoke about another defeat, the 2022 midterms and what she saw as the reasons why the results were so disappointing for Republicans. Now, this clip is about two minutes long, but Haley lays out three big takeaways and says the Republican Party has some soul-searching to do. First, I want to start with what we know wasn't the problem. 
The problem wasn't that we lost because of one person. It's not the case. The problem is also not the fact that we had bad candidates. That was not the case. I personally endorsed over 60 candidates, campaigned in over 80 events. We had really good candidates. Not all were perfect, but they brought different backgrounds, they brought different experiences, they were fresh blood. I would have loved to have seen them do what they needed to do. What should we do? What are the lessons we need to learn from this? First of all, we were completely outraised. Completely outraised. Every single candidate that I campaigned with and that we know, they were outspent easily four or five to one, which meant the message wars on TV were all skewed to the Democrat. And that meant that the Democrats could say whatever they wanted on TV, and our candidates basically couldn't fight back. The second thing is, Republicans have to get it out of their heads that you can only vote on election day. You have early voting in multiple states. We want the most people that support our candidates to vote. If they vote two weeks before, if they vote absentee, if they vote election day, that's a win for us. We have got to start playing by the same rules. The Democrats do this. Why are the Republicans not do the, doing that? We have to do the same thing. And then the third thing that I will tell you that I look back on was that the Democrats were politically outsmarted us. And the reason they outsmarted us, they were unified. Even the squad was silent. Even the squad stayed quiet on what they thought was wrong with the Democratic Party. And what did the Republicans do? They fought each other and the Democrats. And so when you have that kind of chaos, what did that tell the American people? That told the American people that we were not unified, but more than that, the American people don't want a party that's in chaos. And on the way out, Politico reported that South Carolina's Supreme Court has unanimously ordered former White House Chief of Staff Mark Meadows to testify to an Atlanta-area grand jury investigating Donald Trump's effort to overturn the election in Georgia. The court wrote, We have reviewed the arguments raised by Meadows and find them to be manifestly without merit. The decision affirmed a lower court's ruling requiring Meadows to testify to the Fulton County grand jury investigation led by District Attorney Fannie Willis. Meadows was initially scheduled to appear for testimony on November 30th. He is also a resident of the state of South Carolina, hence the state Supreme Court's involvement. And Senator Lindsey Graham, you remember he went through a similar thing here. He testified last week before that special grand jury. Hey guys, we're in our business section, so let's do the numbers. And uh, after that, we can do the numbers, right, Kai? <laughs> that music means that employment increased by 263,000 in November, and the unemployment rate was unchanged at 3.7%, according to the U.S. Bureau of Labor Statistics on Friday. The agency reported notable job gains occurred in leisure and hospitality, healthcare, and government. Employment declined in retail trade and in transportation and warehousing. Now, going back to leisure and hospitality, 
employment is still below its pre-pandemic February 2020 level by 980,000 jobs, or 5.8%. So something to bear in mind when you think about labor shortages, especially when you're out eating or drinking. Now in November, average hourly earnings rose by 0.7% to $28.10. Over the past 12 months, average hourly earnings have increased by 5.1%. Monthly job growth has averaged 392,000 so far in 2022, compared with 562,000 per month in 2021. Okay, so strong employment data is good, right? Not exactly. We'll do that after the number. Oh, we did the numbers. Uh, and okay, so what I'm saying is, in fact, markets nosedived on Friday after they opened. Why? Because investors are looking for weaker jobs data to show inflation-taming efforts like increasing interest rates to nearly 4% are working. So far, things are still a little, little hot in the labor market. Once we do the numbers. Next up, we got some, some more data. data. Looking at the South Carolina Ports Authority, and they said that they handled a record number of containers in October, marking the third busiest month in port history. SC Ports reported 9% container growth year over year as 256,879 20-foot equivalent units moved through the Wanda Welch Terminal, North Charleston Terminal, and the Hugh K. Leatherman Terminal in October. Oh, did you guys celebrate container Tober? Well... We did. SC Ports did. Imports remain strong and were up 13% from last October thanks to strong consumer demand and a growing Southeast population. That's you and me, folks. SC Ports president and CEO Barbara Melvin said, quote, Our excellent SC Ports teammates and maritime partners seamlessly handled record cargo volumes in October. We have maintained berth availability and terminal capacity since early May making SC Ports the only major East Coast port without ships waiting to access our terminals, quote. SC Ports recently handled three 1,200-foot ships simultaneously at Wanda Welch Terminal. That's a first for the 40-year-old container terminal facility that has been enhanced with big ship capabilities and more cargo capacity. You are giving me the big ship energy, Wanda Welch. Okay, pop quiz, folks. Is the COVID pandemic over? Well, we wish. Now, obviously, we're not operating like it's 2020 again when the novel coronavirus upended the world. The virus is still with us and claiming about 330 Americans a day and hospitalizing some 21,000 on any given day, even while we have vaccines and bivalent boosters widely available. But South Carolina Public Radio's Tut Underwood has this report on what experts in our state have to say about the current status of COVID. By now, most people have gotten the COVID vaccine or multiple vaccines. You see fewer people wearing masks than a few months ago. Even the president declared recently the pandemic was over. But is it really over? According to Prisma Health infectious disease physician Dr. Helmut Albrecht, it's a little of both. Objectively, it's not over. We are seeing many, many cases in most countries around the world. So by definition, the pandemic is not over. But what he meant is that the emergency situation and the emergency declaration is over. I think there's some validity to that. 
University of South Carolina economist Joey Von Nessen has not detected an end to the pandemic in his area. Certainly not from an economic perspective. We're still dealing with the effects on the economy, and that's going to take some significant time to play out, and that will extend well into next year. Albrecht said since people have the vaccine and deaths and hospitalizations are down locally, it's understandable that they would believe the pandemic is over. The sense of a real widespread disaster is over. It's not on the first page of the newspaper anymore. So in that way, our feeling of a pandemic is over. The pandemic itself isn't. The virus doesn't care whether we declare it over or not. But overall, the sense of an urgency clearly has gone away. According to USA sociology professor Joe Quinn, COVID has affected numerous aspects of society. He named one in particular that has lingered. The pandemic really had an impact on people's loneliness. A few studies have shown that the shrinkage of people's networks of their ability to connect with people that were their loved ones because of the need to socially isolate or to effectively protect more vulnerable people, that kind of disappeared. Americans, particularly older Americans, felt way more socially isolated, which makes plenty of sense. Von Nessen pointed out several economic results that COVID produced or aggravated, including the labor shortage because it reflects baby boomers who have been retiring at an accelerated rate. And looking forward, the number of millennials and Gen Z, it's just not as large as the baby boomers. And so as a result, there are not enough people to come in to take all the jobs that the baby boomers are leaving behind. And so that labor shortage is going to be with us for the foreseeable future. Albrecht likened the medical advice given to people for coping with COVID to an airplane flight. If the pilot says, we're flying into a turbulence, we're putting our seatbelts back on, we all put our seatbelts back on. We may fly into more turbulent times with COVID again. Just because it's now relatively under control, I do not know what the next variant is. And I hope it'll be even less bad for most people. But we may tell you to mask up again. So you have to stay up on it. Queried on what would signal economists that the pandemic had passed, Von Nessen looked to the coming year. One thing we'd like to see is most of these supply chain constraints resolved that are creating shortages. On the demand side, we would like to see demand get pulled back to limit the high levels of inflation towards 2% would be a successful outcome over the next year. That would get us closer to a period where we could consider from an economic perspective the pandemic is over. Quinn said the pandemic has caused him to think more about the welfare of the people in his life and to continue his precautions. Albrecht advised people to continue to be vigilant because individuals still must assess their own risks when traveling or gathering in large groups. All three experts felt it will be some time yet before all aspects of life can return to a semblance of a new normal. Thanks for that piece, Tut. You can find that report and more at SouthCarolinaPublicRadio.org. And real quick, a flu update. Flu activity remains widespread in the state, and while lab-confirmed cases haven't changed much week over week, influenza-like illness reporting and hospitalizations have increased for the week ending November 26, this according to DHEC. Two months into this aggressive flu season, and there have been 32,633 lab-confirmed cases. There's also been 21 deaths so far this season, which is more than five times higher than the five-year season average of just four deaths. Public health officials continue to stress that you need to wash your hands, regularly clean, frequently touch surfaces like your disgusting cell phone that you touch with your unwashed hands. <laughs> okay, that's from me. Now, officials also urge you to get your flu shot, especially those over 65. 
and wash your hands. Welcome to the wind down section, our little break from the news. We talk about life during the pandemic and we want to hear your stories as well. Tell us how you're handling things, how this year's holiday season's going slash flu season, how you're handling both of them. Um, how are you guys feverishly buying Christmas presents or a, holiday presents, whatever you want to call it? There's definitely a fever involved. I, I do know that Caitlin had a, had a wild fire in her eye last night. Oh, there was the good consumerism. <laughs> there was Warms nothing I my could, heart. I either had, I either wasn't helping her pick presents, or I wasn't filling out my personal uh, Christmas wish list for her family. Why can't you just be a better consumer? Oh my god! Well, I just love. I do love the brands. You so. should have just gone online and just bought things and said, "There, I did it." Yeah, and I we'd mean, all be happy. I, 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 I just, I didn't have it in me. Okay, all right, <laughs> it was tough. Just hit buy, buy now. Send it to ten forty one George Rogers Boulevard, care of AT and Gavin. Anyway, Gavin, <laughs> yeah. we have much more pressing things to get to right here. Besides. Uh-huh. Besides uh, mass marketing and consumerism, mm, which are very know. important. <laughs> I don't know. Those are important. It's got to be pretty big of a deal uh, <laughs> to replace that. But uh, listen to this sound right here. You <gasps> hear that? That is the sound of an empty hopper. God. Yes. Because uh, we're using our last voicemail right now. Well, there's got to be more though, right? There's not. What do you mean there's not? We released our whole strategic reserve Earlier. Oh my God! We yes. got. Oh my God! Yes, guys, and that's how we kept prices so low. It's really coming back to bite <laughs> us. Uh, I, and there were a lot of people lobbying for us not to do it, but we were like, "Are, are they need this? The price of calls are just <laughs> too high." Well, and if you're one of our Patreons, yes, um, then you who, understand. You don't. You've never had to worry about this. Well, <sighs> we're all in the same boat now, folks, it's, because the strategic reserve is depleted. It's depleted. And we, we need, need you to call 803-563-7169. It could be. 30 seconds it could be a minute it could be three minutes we just need you to call (laughs) give us your voice and talk to your people we do own it after you give it to us your voice that is (laughs) we we were talking about how we're gonna start cold calling everyone who's already called us hey what are you thinking about we are recording by the way (laughs) we won't do that unless you call unless you don't call in which case we will be calling you uh, just, just like much, much like the the prank phone call, the ports we have uh, birth availability and terminal <laughs> capacity. So uh, uh, well, we got one though, right? We got we got we got one for today. Whew. Today okay. we're okay. okay. Need a little a little taste. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. So this one, uh, someone call. It's it's an umbrage call, big time, big time umbrage energy. I oh, love that. And it's coming in here. Uh, so are you ready? That will that will hold us over. It will for sustain the time. us through the weekend, but we're gonna need some yeah, more. Yeah, because it's December, and we got to make this a. December to remember you, folks. So yeah, they, they've, they, it's, that's a little, that's half the sentence. It's December to remember to call your favorite podcast. <laughs> Sales event. Uh, anyway, <laughs> Gavin, are you ready? Correct. Okay. Yes. Hey, Gavin and AT. Uh, this is Matthew calling um, on the road. I'm from Greenwood city councilman. I've called in once before. Um, I wasn't going to call in, but I got triggered by AT's dislike of miscongeniality um, and just had to chime in that that's one of my go-to um, fun movies. Um, and you know what? The sequel's good as well. Um, anything with Andrew Bullock. So just wanted to call in. I've done some traveling over the last couple months for work. 
on my way back from Myrtle Beach right now. I'm going to stop at the brand new Bucky's in Florence to check it out. Um, hope you guys are doing well. Uh, happy Thanksgiving. Uh, hope to see you guys in Greenwood sometime soon. Matthew, so great to hear from you. Yes, we all know that AT is a bit of a triggering person. <laughs> I've come to deal with this over my four years of knowing him. I, I just He's the gift that keeps on giving. Uh, but like truly, I don't like, I, I'm going to stand by my miscongeniality okay. take. Okay. I can, ouch, ouch, I've ouch, been ouch. thinking about this. I've been thinking about this. A better, my favorite, I said uh, Speed in the net. My favorite Sandra Bullock movie is also- Sandra. Sandra Bullock. Sandra's. My oh hey, it's me, it's Ringo Starr. Ringo, I'm Ringo, from Sandra. Uh, <laughs> my favorite, Benjamin Bratt, what? and better than Miss Congeniality, better Benjamin Bratt and Sandra Bullock vehicle, Demolition Man. Oh, obviously, oh yeah, so much better. Very good. Yeah, yeah. I That's think a you good gave pull. me that DVD. I think I have that DVD. I didn't. Definitely is a DVD. Yeah, because I have your thing DVD too. Because you're. That's not Blu-ray. You don't care. I have for DVDs. a Blu-ray now. Yes. Um. Yeah, but I mean, yeah, miscongeniality. Miscongeniality. Miscongeniality <laughs> is like it's a great one. I don't think it is great. Oh, with Michael Caan. I don't. I don't like that movie. Oh, uh, with um. Uh, I don't think it's funny. <sighs> I you don't just, think it's a funny well, movie. You just don't get humor, AT. Anyway, that's, Gavin. That's known. <laughs> uh, but the Bucky's comment, too. Oh, yes. Yeah, the, we should just go shopping. Oh, you know, I'm going to do my Christmas shopping for you at Bucky's. There it is. I'm going to go ugh, do it. God. Gavin and I, we went to Bucky's. We will never stop talking about this, and I support that. And um, he filmed me because I had a visceral experience God, walking through. Do I through have it. that video laying around? It made me want to throw up going in there. It was just the sound of consuming. On, yes. Not just shopping, talking but the about, eating. Yes. It's always December to remember in there. Oh. Yeah. Uh, it, I, I just think, like, where are you getting great anything when there's a mascot there? I mean, I, I keep thinking, where are your parents? Yeah. <laughs> like, I, you shouldn't eat where there's a mascot, plain and simple. Uh, and don't tell me Disney World. Don't, Ronald McDonald. Don't you dare. Ronald okay? McDonald. They had the, the good foresight to retire ronald mcdonald about 20 well, now years I'm thinking ago about places that don't have mascots i mean there's not a popeye's mascot is uh, there a bojangles mascot? you know charles e cheese might have something <laughs> to say about this okay folks anyway gavin you uh you held someone's life in your hands this week <laughs> <laughs> now that's a transition oh uh, now that's a good segue uh speaking of um yeah driving so we we're talking about my brakes and my uh tire situation yes recently. the tires fraught with uh to situations which, to which i said to my family like you know when do you usually get your your brakes replaced and i said well have you ever heard of brakes mom <laughs> <laughs> so my volkswagen passat um i've had since brag 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 yeah December 2016. I actually bought it the day after Christmas, not mm -hmm. because I was trying to celebrate some sort of festive consumerism holiday. Yeah, but you just like back, backed into that. And um, so I haven't replaced my brakes since I got the car in December 2016. These are originals. These are originals. <laughs> <laughs> so I have about um, 88,000 miles on my car. Yes. I would love uh, someone to call in and just really go off on me about automotive stuff. But I will say this. The brakes don't have any issues. There's no like squirrel, there's no sounds. Uh, there's no grinding. There's nothing bad coming from it. And that's coming uh -huh. from like, you know, I grew up, we destroyed our Ford Taurus. Like you knew when something was wrong with those tires yeah. or the brakes. Haven't had that. I've been in and this car. And the brakes are still working. I, I've been in this car and I he's can attest the that the, it's not, he's not a, He's not the squeaky brake guy at the stoplight or anything like that. And I, I'm ready to replace him if I have to. I just don't want to. So let's, let's hear about so the life So here I am death. driving with my new tires, all three of them. Mm -hmm. There's a fourth on there, of course. 
hadn't been replaced, didn't need to be. <laughs> but I'm driving down Blossom Street. I'm coming back from the gym. Yeah. It's darkish because the sun's down earlier these days because of Med Canard. And so I'm driving, and I just I get into the right lane, mm-hmm. and I'm going up the hill. I'm going a little bit fast, but there's a green light ahead of me. It's been green for at least. Green means go still, Green means too, go. Right? Yeah. And, but I noticed that the left-hand lane next mm-hmm. to me is not moving. And I'm like, oh, okay, well, let's get some context here. There's usually like something going on. Like, is an emergency vehicle coming through the intersection that I don't hear? Blah, mm-hmm, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. So I get cautious. I slow down. And then all of a sudden, because I couldn't see that sidewalk from that side, mm-hmm. a student, who I presume to be a USC student, sure. was starts walking across. I was like, gee, I slam hard on the brakes. Yes. They still work. Lean on my horn. Yes. And this aloof teen, I'm going to say they're a teen, <laughs> Just is like gives a casual wave and keeps walking. Didn't even jump back and notice that his life was almost ruined. My life would have been ruined in a way, but I would not have been ruined by Gavin, it. Because I was in the right it, in that situation. It is finals, finals time, so you might have been doing him a favor. He might crave I think he death had a death right wish because he didn't even acknowledge me. And I was like, yeah. oh, this kid had death on the mind. You know these Gen Z kids. Guys, <laughs> just pay attention. If it says don't walk, don't. It wasn't even on his phone. He was just sauntering. Yes. Like, Jesus. Oh, Christ. classic saunter. Oh, it was just, it was so smug. <laughs> it was so smug. But the brakes work, guys. That's yes. the moral of the story. Moral of the story so is... So I got another 88,000 miles on it. Easy, them. dude. <laughs> easy. These are originals. Are you kidding me? I'm not replacing original brakes. Okay? <laughs> anyway, folks, if you love what we just did, please call in. We need it. What are the, what's that uh, NPR show? What? Cling and clang. Oh, cling, uh, cl- click and, and clack. Cling and clack. It's car, car talk. It's car talk. Car talk. We're doing, oh, we should have done the whole thing in car talk voices. Oh, God. God that just, that, all, of them, all of them sound like my grandfather. <laughs> and uh, that's just, it's too much for me sometimes. Anyway, thank you for listening. Please call in. Again, listen to the sound. That's an empty hopper. That's oh, not good. Geez. Ports are open. <laughs> Capacity available. Okay. We have an empty hopper in weeks months. it's it's scary okay i'm sorry about this fear i hope i can sleep tonight anyway have a good weekend be safe go birds as always and what does at say go birds and uh watch 1899 <laughs> anyway gavin say goodbye to him all right folks be like matthew and give us a shout help the help the hopper out in these holiday times by calling 803-563-7169 you can uh also, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. That's also a great Christmas present. Zero cost. Also, if you guys want stickers, little stocking stuffers, give us a shout on Twitter. DM us on Twitter your address, and we will send you some stickers. They're free. I'll send them to you for free. Twitter, at SELeapod. And you can also stay up to date with the latest news on SETV.org and SouthCarolinaPublicRadio.org. And don't forget to support your local newspapers. For the South Carolina lead, I'm Gavin Jackson. Be well, South Carolina. You're like, what is happening? He is so, he's getting so feisty he's today. hilarious. <laughs> People are going to say, what's going on? He's hilarious. <laughs>